Cultural Heritage 2.0. Nowadays, many people at a live performance will bring a smartphone and use it during a performance, maybe to take photos or video, or maybe to find a friend who they've lost in the crowd. But what if you could use your smartphone to actually become part of the performance? And if so, what possibilities does this bring? My name is Alison O'Reilly and I'm part of the Erasmus Plus project Cultural Heritage 2.0. My interview partner for today is Oliver Hudel, a researcher at the Austrian Institute of Technology and lecturer at the University of Vienna at the Research Group for Cooperative Systems or Cooperative Digital Technologies at IET. Now, Oliver, you are a researcher and at the same time an artist. In your work, you frequently combined both your roles, designing new instruments, working music computations and finding new ways for audience participations in live performances. We are especially interested in the last point, new possibilities of involving audiences in creating interactive performances. But before we dive into this field, I would be interested to hear how you ended up here. Were you always focused on this area or did the possibility to combine your artistic work and your research first come up when you became a more senior researcher? Uh, yeah, thank you very much for the invitation, uh, first of all. And Uh, well, to be honest, my uh, highly interdisciplinary endeavor between computer science and music began quite late when I started uh, a PhD at the end of my 20s. And originally, I was always enthusiastic about music. As a child and teenager, I learned to play the piano, violin, drums, and taught myself to play the guitar. And I wanted to become a musician. But after school, I decided to skip these plans and study computer science instead, because I was also enthusiastic about computers. And I started a rather traditional software engineering career after my studies. And I did my diploma thesis at a, well, by then, largest global IT company 20 years ago and worked in IT industry for some time. So very traditional. But the purity was not really what I what fulfilled me, let's say. And I made another sharp turn in my life and quit IT to become a musician, which was mid of my 20s, basically. And I composed a lot, performed in hundreds of concerts. By the time I made rather popular rock music, but worked already with computers and electronics a lot in these projects. And however, to make a living out of music was pretty hard, <laughs> as for many. And especially when I grew older, I turned 30, I thought, I don't know if that's the, the real choice I want to do for my whole life. And then I was looking to combine computer science and music, said maybe this is the solution to it, make a living out of it. And I did some research and found that there is a vibrant community on new interfaces uh, for musical expression out there in the world, which was exactly what I was looking for. And I found a supervisor by the time at the Vienna University of Technology and started a PhD when I was 30. And now, nearly 15 years later, I'm still working in the field and loving it. So it turned out to be the right choice, apart from having some detours in this way. I'm glad to hear you found your way and could combine both. Now, diving into the audience participation, you have already for a while researched possibilities of audience involvement in live performances with help of technology. Could you give us just an example how this could look like, what there is out there? Well, in the meanwhile, throughout this journey in research and music, I studied audience participation from various angles. For instance, once I created a performance where there was a big balloon in the audience, the balloon was tracked and controlled certain aspects of the sound I was playing on the piano live on stage. And through the movement of the balloon, the audience could push freely, basically. The audience could play together with me and changing the sound around how they move, like uh, 
pushed it through the venue. For instance, if the the balloon was pushed further up in the venue, the effect intensity increased. And if the balloon moved further to the right or left or back or front, a different effect was applied to the sound. And the audience could immediately hear this sound modulation, which created quite an excitement in them. And so we, we actually played together these performance. So this was one example where, where the technology helped us to enable this interactive performance. And another focus is more on the design of audience participation. So I developed a deck of 50 design cards for the design of technology-mediated audience participation. And you can imagine there's a lot of aspects that you have to or can be considered for such a performance. For instance, musical aspects, or there are visual aspects that you can consider or, or others. Uh, or that there's demand of the audience to get enough feedback on their participation, while on the other hand, the musicians probably don't want to have too much influence and keep their, their performance in their hands. And these cards should assist designers or musicians or technologists who want to develop interactive performances because they kind of describe the whole design space, what can or should be considered in such a performance when you develop it from whatever angle or for whatever motivation you're coming from. And these design cards, I mean, I'll pop the link into the show notes below and they're available for everyone and people can check them and, and look at them. Yes, yes. They are currently available as a web app. So yeah, you can, I think you can provide the link to, to everybody. So it's freely available. It's still like students or me, me and together with students are still working on that. So I currently have another bachelor thesis coming up this semester where a student will work on this application and improving it. So it actually comes now in its 10th year, probably something like that, maybe a bit less, but yeah. So these cards are freely available to everybody. They, in the meanwhile, exist in German and English already in both two languages. So, yeah, that's what I can offer to everybody to use them for their own purposes. Now, if cultural institutions are thinking of embracing these kind of technologies and maybe widening their offer and so on, is this something you would say is easily to do? Are there specific skills they need or... Would any person be able to try and start implementing this kind of thing? Is there a specific skill set you think someone would need to be able to start doing any kind of these ideas? Well, the skill set, I think, is if, you're, if you have one profession, let's say you're a computer scientist or you're a musician or you're a, a curator in a museum, because, of course, audience participation is important in museums as well, just to mention it, not only performances. And... I think the least skill you should have is the awareness of the other disciplines and the need for them and roughly what they can do in such an endeavor, let's say. And I think that's a very important requirement anyway nowadays in our technology-driven world, which I really like to, to emphasize also in my teaching, for instance, that... We live in a very technology-oriented world, which focuses on STEM education, which is science, technology, engineering, maths. So especially students of all kinds are kind of pushed towards, or people, not only students, but people are pushed in their education towards STEM fields and so on. But we kind of disregard the other world that exists or other things that exist besides STEM fields, which are arts and humanities and or liberal arts and, and so on. And for instance, I've created a course at the University of Vienna four years ago already, which is a, a so-called STEAM course, which combines STEM and arts and humanities. So it's the English term for, for STEAM or the English term STEAM, which adds the arts back to STEM education. And in this course, students are developing digital musical instruments. 
And to develop digital musical instruments, you, of course, need lots of technological knowledge, uh, how to use microcomputers, how to use software to, to make sounds. But you also need some certain musical knowledge and, and background in what it means to think about sound synthesis and what it means to do a performance in the end. And in this course, I, I also cover all these aspects. So they, the students start with ideation. They actually use the TMAP design cards, uh, which I told you before, to kind of ideate about uh, interactive performances using technology. Then they develop their instruments. They learn a programming language, a new one, uh, which computer even computer science students usually do not learn. And then they create an interface, how they can control the sound in an embodied way uh, using sensors or smartphone. And finally, they perform with their newly developed instruments at the end of the semester. So they they literally live through this life cycle of technology, music, and to create a joint outcome of, let's say, these two disciplines or these two areas. And currently, this course is embedded in the computer science curriculum. And of course, computer science students are aware about technology and so on. But this is, for me, a good opportunity. And I think it's really important to give them also an insight in yeah, what's apart from that and, and give them a bit, let's say, back creativity and let them live a bit of creativity because they are in a, in a computer science uh, faculty. And, and this is a good chance to, to do that. And doing this, we prepare the students for exactly that need out in the world. And later, of course, they should be good in programming and in technology, and that's their primary profession. But they should also be trained or at least consider, but ideally trained in working creative and, and developing creative results, not only technology-oriented. Students really appreciate this course. The course is it's just a small seminar with 25 spots, but this semester we had 40 registrations. So you see the students really appreciate this idea of, of yeah, looking out of the box and see what's also going on. And you can do that, especially if you are in a computer science course, which has a substantial part of technology still. And this is exactly what you need later, basically, because if you're yeah, coming back to the idea of a museum and you want to make some interactive installation in a museum or in a performance, I think either a curator alone or a musician alone or a technologist alone or whoever is kind of lost. If yeah, he, he should do this alone, basically. And in a team or at least thinking about who you need in the team, you can do it, I think. That's the skill to sum up you need for these kind of interactive things. Thanks. I think you've given us a lot of food for thought and I think we'll leave it there. Thank you very much. Culture2.0.eu